Mike Keith joins us, and uh, appreciate the time. Michael, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, thank you. Actually, I requested Eddie Raven, but uh, oh. that was close. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Twenty plus years in the radio business, you know, my hearing's getting a little, little wacky. Right. He's like, oh, there Eddie, you go. Eddie Rabbit. Yeah, we gotta have that. <laughs> we gotta have that. Mike, what a just absolute fantastic performance by the Titans on Sunday. Uh, you know, clearly knocking uh, Patrick Mahomes out of the game is is uh, is going to change things for that team. And let's face it, I mean, they've had some issues uh, all season long, but that doesn't matter. These NFL games are hard to win. It doesn't matter the opponent. So you get it done, and you get it done in impressive fashion. Well, it got on them. You know, that was the whole key is to, to score on your first five possessions of the game, to win time of possession in the first half with over 23 minutes. Patrick Mahomes only got to run 17 plays. That that's how you do it, uh, especially when you have problems in your own secondary, because then through the course of the rest of the game, you can just manage field position and situations defensively. You don't care about how many yards you give up. You're you're concerned about you know how many points you give up. And the Titans gave Patrick Mahomes the fewest amount of points that he has ever registered as either a college or a professional starting quarterback. Oh wow. Wow, three's not that many. No, that's that. But I didn't realize that was that's that's impressive. I mean, it really is. Uh, and they've had their issues. I think their defense is not as good. I'm, their offensive line obviously was uh, not protecting him very well. So they've, they they're not the 2019 Chiefs. But it doesn't matter when you're one of the teams that's kind of uh, figured to be a favorite in the AFC to get to the Super Bowl. Um, and now the Titans have beaten the. I would say the top two favorites, back-to-back weeks with Buffalo and Kansas City. Well, the two teams that were in the AFC Championship game last year. Yes, sir. So, yeah, that, I mean, that. now where does it speak to where they are right now? Well, I sure do think Buffalo's in a better place than Kansas City. But you said it. It doesn't matter. This is what you're looking to do is you're – you're looking to win the games against the best players and the best teams and the best challenges. You're looking to win your home games. You're looking to win AFC games. And the Titans were able to do that with two wins in six days over big-time teams. And now you go to Indianapolis on Sunday with an even bigger game because it's an AFC South game. And, and you really, in this game, you saw the diversity in in the Titans' offense. It's not all just Derrick Henry because we saw him put up almost 150 yards rushing against Buffalo. Uh, didn't even he didn't put up 100 yards in this game? It didn't matter because Ryan Tannehill stepped up. I said it on the post game, Joe. If you had told anybody from Kansas City before the game, Derrick Henry is going to go 29 for 86 with no touchdowns, they'd have taken it any time. They'd have been yep. thrilled because they would have been convinced they would have won the game. And I think most of us on the other side would have thought, well, that's really bad news for the Titans. But instead, you show the ability to throw the ball. Uh, Ryan Tannehill completes his first 11 passes. You really roll with the play action. You take advantage of the red zone opportunities. All the things that you needed to do, you were able to do as this offense starts to diversify more, as more and more weapons come back from injury, and you're able to figure out how to, you know, how to sort of sort them through. And I, I keep seeing on the Tennessean on their website, uh, you know, this article that keeps popping up. It's almost up there daily. 
Uh, is it time to start talking about Derrick Henry for MVP? Yes. I mean, I, I don't understand why that's a question now. Of course, they always say it's a passer's trophy when, no, now Derrick Henry has a touchdown pass. So we can use that as part of the highlight reel, Mike. I mean, I don't yeah, think there's there any go. question. That, or it's not debatable that he's an MVP candidate, in my mind. He's a, he's a total candidate. I'm I'm like you. I'm like, so you think this just started now? Yeah. I mean, he's on the verge of not only winning a third straight rushing title, which hasn't been done since Emmett Smith did that in 91, 92, and 93. That was actually last century, by the way. Um, but he's also on pace to have the best three-year span of rushing yards in the history of the game. What we're seeing right now is historic in an era where people don't run anymore. They don't try to establish the ground game. Derrick Henry has more rushing yards, 869, than 25 NFL teams right now. 25? He's not just leading the league in rushing. Derrick Henry by himself would be sixth in the NFL in rushing. <laughs> As a team. That's just incredible. As a team. It's awesome. Yeah, because you obviously wouldn't count the Titans because the Titans have, you know, more rushing. But I guess I guess theoretically he would be seventh. Right. But I, I mean, what what's happening at this point in terms of how the game is played today is clearly historic. And how people need to look at this is you got a lot of quarterbacks doing a lot of cool things. Bunch of them. But I think if the Titans keep winning and Henry keeps putting up numbers, don't be surprised if the quarterbacks start to cancel themselves out in the eyes of the voters. The other thing that Derrick Henry has going for him, too, is let's remember, he may not play in the biggest market, but he's a big-name player. He won a Heisman Trophy at Alabama. He's on the Nissan Heisman House commercials. People are going to know who he is. You know, and I mean nothing bad towards Jonathan Taylor at Indianapolis. He's the second leading rusher in the league, but he played at Wisconsin. And he, he had, you know, he had a really good career at Wisconsin. Really, really good player. But he wasn't the name coming into the league that Derrick Henry was. It, it's still kind of a popularity contest. And Henry has that it factor to go along with the credentials. So, yeah, I mean, he, he was a candidate at the start of the year. I think he's really a candidate right now. Well, even with all 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 that you said right there, Mike, I still think he's underappreciated uh, as a whole. When you look at the NFL as a whole, I think there's the Titans are in general. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, the Titans Nationally. are for sure, for sure, because we are inundated with with talk about Patrick Mahomes and Brady and Russell Wilson and and some of these other guys, and they they deserve. They deserve that praise because they're really good. But uh, I think with the NFL the way it is, with all, it's it's uh, quarterbacks, uh, offense. Uh, I just think Derrick Henry he doesn't get uh, that that praise he deserves. I really don't. Well, I don't think everybody realizes. Now, I think there was more of it after last week because we played on Monday Night Football. It was a very exciting game, and then CBS showed the Titans Chiefs to over seventy percent of the country. So now you've started to hear the, oh, the Titans are the sleeper team. <laughs> They've come out of nowhere. It's like, no, you know, we have five straight winning seasons. Only the Seahawks and the Chiefs have five or more. I mean, that's only three teams. You know, so this team's been in the playoffs three of the last four years. But 
you know that's coming, and I, and I think the Titans are very much making it a don't read your press clippings week because you knew that was coming. You knew that that was going to happen. You know that some of the national media now knows that Taylor Lewan plays for us and not Buffalo. <laughs> um, you, know, some, you know, some of the things that happen when you're when you're in this boat. You know, th- this is what you deal with. Um, we're, you know, but that's okay. I mean, that's all right. Who cares, right? Right. Just keep winning. Just keep winning. That's right. I was uh, running. I don't know if you conscious if this was a conscious effort on your part, uh, but I had to run a couple errands, so I had you on in my truck. Uh, and uh, when the AJ Brown touchdown, and you said, "Arthur Juan Brown." <laughs> now, is that a reference to John Ward and what he would do, Reginald Cobb, or whatever? I mean, or does it just come out like that? No, it just comes out like that because I just think that I think that guys with. Uh, initials for first names i think that's really cool but i also think it's cool to say what their real name is yeah because people are like arthur brown who oh aj <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so i so i mean I, I just i started doing that some his rookie year and uh i think he thinks it's kind of funny good um he he doesn't really know what to make of me he's like that crazy look at that crazy guy right there <laughs> um which is fine because he's right, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of something. It, uh, listen, probably ninety percent of what I do is stolen from John Ward in some way, shape, or form. It's not consciously done, but I, I mean, I just think it's how I was raised up as an announcer. Well, sure. While I don't think I, while I don't think I sound like him, or I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are things that there's one thing I do intentionally as a direct reference to him. One thing. The radio dial. And, and uh, no, no, that's not it. Really? That's not it. Uh, now, I don't tell anybody what it is. Oh. Because it's just five five people have guessed it. And if you guess it, I'll tell you. But uh, I need to listen more. But everything else is just, it's just kind of, you know, you what try to be tease? as natural as you possibly can. But have I ripped off John? What? Well, of course I have. No, <laughs> I didn't say you were ripping him off. I said it was a, a effort to give a kind of a nod. No, but I, I mean, I just think I, I think there's um, I think there are a lot of things that are in my tempo of and what I think is important in calling a game. That while my style may be different, I think there are there are parts of what he did that are certainly incorporated into what I do. Sure, sure. And uh, I'm not ashamed of that in the least because I think he, his technical brilliance in what he did was unmatched, and I will never match it. But in trying to be that way, I think that makes me better. Sure. Even though I'll never reach it. You know, I, I just think if you're trying to do it, because I just thought, and, and I would sit there in the booth behind him and – I would watch to see what he thought was important, where he was going, what he was looking at at different points. Because the thing that a lot of play-by-play announcers on radio have forgotten is the majority of the people who are listening to you, or at least a good number, can't see what you're talking about. So you have to be very descriptive with what you're saying to make it obvious. It's like the tap pass that colleges are running now, I couldn't figure out what to call that. So I called a bunch of people. And I said, what do you call that play? Because the pros are running it now. 
We ran it the other day with A.J. Brown. It's a tap pass. Well, if you describe it as a tap pass, somebody listening in Chattanooga knows what you're talking about, right? right. That, that's the type of thing you're, you're trying to do a better job with in as few amount of words as you can to describe what you're seeing so that Quake in Chattanooga, who's in his truck running errands, goes, oh, okay, I can see that in my head. That's the job. Got to paint the picture. So the tap pass would be when the snap comes back to the quarterback and he throws it forward just as the running back like a jet sweep? Yeah, he just, ta- he just taps it forward to the receiver who's cutting in front of him. Yes. Okay. Because I didn't know. So, so teams started running that play in the last few years. And, I mean, I knew it was a pass because it was going forward, but I didn't know what you called it. So tap Because I would see I like it in it. college games, and then, it sh- and then it showed up in the pros, and I'm like, I even saw it in high school, you know, and I'm like, so what do you call that? And everybody I talked with, I called announcers, I called some coaches, I you know, I called, uh, you know, beat writer for preps that I know. And I said, what do, you, what do you call that play? Or what do you call this formation? You know, we will sometimes get in the diamond formation uh, where we have a back offset on either side in front of the tailback. And that's called the diamond formation. So you're trying to describe what we're, you know, what we're looking at in a way, John did that. John John did that exceptionally well. He could use an economy of words to tell you exactly what was happening. All right, Mike, Tennessee Titans, and you mentioned earlier about uh, you know not reading your own press clippings, and I think that's very good advice considering you have a uh, Colts team um, coming in. It's just a gritty win in a messy, messy game against San Francisco. For mm-hmm. some reason, I watched that entire game. I'm not sure why. but You're sick. Um, yes, I am. Very sick. Uh, but Carson Wentz, and they made mention of it on the broadcast, but kind of in that game anyway, he looked like the old Carson Wentz just doing what it what mm-hmm. needs to be done to, to win the freaking game. And um you know, if you've got that Carson Wentz from this point forward, that that's that's another just another uh, aspect of the Colts that you need to worry about. Hundred percent. He's thrown eleven touchdown passes and one interception. That's it. I mean, he's been fantastic, and he played down here with two sprained ankles, and I think he won his team over doing that as much as if they had won the game. And he's playing really – they should have won four in a row because they should have won the Monday night game over Baltimore. Uh, They're playing really well. This is a game that some members of their staff are calling their Super Bowl because if they win it, they're one game out in the division with Mm -hmm. nine games to play. If they lose it, they're three games behind in the division with nine games to play. And because of the tiebreaker, the Titans having won both games in the series, then the Titans would essentially be up four games in the standings. Right. So, I mean, it's a it's a huge game for both teams. But to the Titans, I don't think you're viewing it as much as what the standings are going to look like on Monday. You're saying this is an AFC South game, and if we want to do what we want to do, we want to go six and zero in the division. And if you win this one. I think you've got a decent shot of going 6-0 and in the division. Sure. It all starts at noon with Titans Countdown here uh, on your home for Titans Radio in Chattanooga, WGOW. Uh, kickoff set for 1 o'clock. It'll be Titans at Colts on Sunday afternoon. Mike, keep up the good work, man. Arthur Juan Brown. 
I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Guys. You got Thanks, it, Mike. Mike Keith, voice of the Tennessee Titans, and absolute red hot Tennessee Titans at this.